Hello and welcome back to The Brew Interviews, the only beer show where we have the need, the need for mead. I am Robbie and joining me as always via the internet is my best friend, Lauren. It is episode 88 and this week we are bringing back our series on alcohols. From beer to wine and everything in between, we give you the history and how it's made. And for episode 88, it's all about that mead. This week on The Brew Interviews. The Brew Interviews, coast to coast, brews, faves, and more with Lauren and Robbie. This episode of The Brew Interviews is sponsored by AdamandEve.com, but you'll hear more about them later on in the show. For now, Lauren, how are you? Well, Robbie, I am doing just fucking fantastic. I had probably the best week of 20, the best week, the best weekend of 2020 this past weekend because I was finally able to get together with Danny, and it was amazing. And I love her. And she gave me an early birthday present, uh, which was not sex, but that <laughs> did happen. Um, <laughs> Nintendo Switch. I she it. got me a Nintendo Switch. Yes. And not the light. An actual Nintendo Switch, which is crazy because those are impossible to find right now. Um, and it was a bundle with uh, with the Zelda, the new Breath Zelda the Wild. game. Yeah, Breath of the Wild. So. Good bundle. And I bought Mario Kart so her and I can play Mario Kart. Yeah. When we're not together. So Yeah. That's not too bad. Yeah, she was so excited that she got it for you that she called me one day. <laughs> she told me she called you. I was like, on the phone, you called him? Did he pick up? Of course I picked up. I knew who it was. It was <laughs> well, if somebody calls me, I'm always like, do they mean to call me? Nobody calls anyone these days. Especially like Danny calling you. Like Yeah. I, I, I would, called if- you. I called you on your was it your birthday last year? And you're like, I don't even why, why are you calling me? You like, yeah. the phone. Well, that's why I was like, is is something wrong? Like, <laughs> who died? Who died? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, but how have you been, Robbie? I've been pretty good. I was introduced to a new establishment this past week, um, called Newberry Comics. You've never been to Newberry Comics? I've never been to a Newberry Comics. This place rocks my socks. It has oh my God. so much amazing stuff. I mean, even even my girlfriend Steph was just like, this stuff is awesome. Like, there's so much to look through and go through. T-shirts, yeah. pop figures, action figures, vinyl, CDs, DVDs. They, I have, mean, everything. they have everything. It was the happiest place on earth. And now I'm broke. I'm so... You went to the one in Manchester? I did, yes. Yep, yep. It is a good place. It is a good place. I haven't been to the one in Manchester. I've been to the one in Boston. Oh, I'm sure that one's Boston, huge. But... Yeah, it's fucking huge. So... It's like two floors, but... Yeah. One of Manchester is pretty decent sized. <sighs> Love Newberry Comics. <laughs> well, maybe sometime we can go together. When the pandemic's over. When the pandemic... Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I don't condone Robbie going out to stores or anything, so... <laughs> I take precautions. I don't talk to strangers. I don't get into any vans I don't know. So I'm doing And you wear right a things. mask. Yes, oh, yeah. we're wearing masks. Mask. Good. Everyone wear a mask. Don't go out inside anywhere that you don't need to. That's nope, all I have No to handshakes. Say. No getting close to anybody. A girl. Okay, I went to Bagel Cafe the other week, and a girl. It's like, impossible rub- to to social distance uh, in yeah. there. By the and way, she like she like rubbed against my arm. I'm like, no. <laughs> oh, I don't even know why you would go into an enclosed place because with it's people. Bagel Cafe. COVID might be worth it. No, COVID is not worth <laughs> any sort of food at what? all. Bagel. Have you been to Bagel Cafe? You been? Yeah, to bagel I used cafe. to. I went to Bagel Cafe like every fucking week when I lived when I lived in Bedford when I worked in Bedford. Yeah. Okay, that was my go-to hangover breakfast. I right, I was there like almost every bagels. day. 
I would absolutely not get COVID for anything. No, I don't go out. Any Honestly, I think anyone that goes out in public without an absolute need right now is unempathetic and has no common sense. So that's how I feel. I think if you take precautions and you're good about it, there's no issue at all. There really is. Nope. As nope. long as you keep your distance, wear a mask, Doesn't matter. wash your hands. I don't like touch my face at all until I get home and wash my hands. Yeah, you absolutely <laughs> shouldn't. Yeah. And I've been perfectly healthy and amazing. Look at well, me. Well, that mustache. you know of. You could be asymptomatic. You don't know. You haven't been tested. You could be out no. spreading it everywhere. No, I'm, I'm good. No, I don't good. believe you. Okay. COVID <laughs> could not live in this body. Okay. Why? Why is that? Because you're so, so hot. So boom, whiskey. boom. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're killing everything off <laughs> with alcohol. That's what I'm saying. I'm not, <laughs> not worried. <laughs> Take precautions. Wear a mask. So, Lauren, today's episode is all about mead. Yeah. So, you better be drinking a goddamn mead. Right? You better believe I'm drinking a fucking goddamn mead. What kind of mead are you um, drinking? Well, today I am drinking a mead that has been sitting in my fridge for a good solid year, which means it's better than aging. when aging I bought it. it. Hasn't been I was sitting, aging it. Aging. Yeah, sitting, aging. Yeah. Isn't that what we all do when we sit? We age. We can't help it. Anyways, so this has been aging in my fridge for over a year. It is from Sap House Meadery, and it is a raspberry jam sesh draft <laughs> mead. Um, and this is, this, uh, sap house is located in Ossipee, New Hampshire. So it's a local mead, uh, and it's a 6.9% ABV and it is very red. It's super duper red. Um, it absolutely has that like jammy raspberry taste to it. It tastes, I don't really get a lot of honey, which is fine with me because I'm not like a huge sweet honey person. Uh, unlike you, like I know you love honey. Mm-hmm. Um, this just kind of tastes more like raspberry juice to me, which is great. I'm very happy with it. Nice. But it is also very small, and I have another mead in my fridge, so I might get that. Sip it. Mead is a sipper. You just gotta sip it. No, but this is not a sip. Like this is not a sipping mead because it's like it. It's not thick at all. Like it doesn't have that like syrupiness that you get from mead sometimes with like the honey. It's, it's not so much it. a honey wine as it is like a. Because I've seen like the two different types, which we'll get into, but this is actually a uh, melamo, uh, melamel. Is that how you say it? A melamel, <laughs> melomel, which is a mead using fruit. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's just a different variety. Yeah. So just like Lauren, I'm drinking a fruited mead as well. Yum. I went to Ancient Fire Brewing in Manchester, New Hampshire, the other weekend, and we had a flight of meads, which is the, the greatest thing ever. And there was one that I had called Cruising Elm, and it is mm-hmm. a mead made with Concord grapes. So holy good. shit! It tastes like grape soda, but alcoholic, and add a little honey. Like it. Oh yes. my god, it's so fucking good. So obviously, I bought a growler of Cruising Elm, and that's what I am drinking nice. tonight. It's about seven uh, percent alcohol. I also have, the other mead that I have is also an Ancient Fire. If you live anywhere near Manchester, New Hampshire, you have to go to Ancient Fire. Yeah. It is like the best mead that I've had ever. It, it's right near uh, Backyard Brewing. It's yeah, like it's right road. by the airport. It's yep. it's right next to the airport. Yeah, it's it's such an unassuming place. Uh, Ancient Fire and Branch and Blade, both of their places, you would never know that they're fucking back there. Never. It's like never, an industrial ever. park. Yeah, I <laughs> didn't so even bad. I didn't even know that Ancient Fire ex- existed until no. like I was at a craft fair at Pipe Dream 
And one of the like vendors that I'm friends with was like, hey, have you been to Ancient Fire? I'm like, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. And so we went after and Steph was with me. So and we had flights of meat and it was so good. And the owners Super nice. Literally the nicest people they ever. Really like we I already talked to him about being on the podcast. So as soon as this oh, is really? over, like <laughs> like we'll have to go there. Like we'll we'll definitely have an interview with them. Like he is just like the coolest, nicest guy. Yeah, he was out we we sat outside, obviously, but and, um Good. He was right there outside at the desk, you know, like taking reservations or whatever, and he was just talking to us every now and then. He was a super yeah. funny guy. Yeah, great guy. Yeah, he has a he has a great great voice, great at conversating. Yeah. So But this is amazing. As all meads are, I just love mead. Love mead is so good. It's not your traditional mead. Um, it's not what do you what do you, it's, it's not um flat. You know what I mean? It's yeah, not it's, bubbly. That's what I really love. But this has a little bit of bubble to it. It's not bad. Yeah, and I I honestly mead has a a very special place in my heart. Anyways, because our friend Devin, uh, who passed away, used to make mead. Oh really? So it, yeah, and he he lived with me so. I would come home and there would just be these fucking like giant jars of mead like in the <laughs> fridge that he made. He's like, hey, you want some of this mead? He'd make like 18, 19%. He doesn't give a fuck. Like, yeah, who cares? so we always had mead. Like, anytime he like, uh, like would give a gift, like he'd always like give mead and stuff. And like at mm-hmm. his memorial, like we had like the last batch of mead that he oh, made. Nice. So That's, I wish I'd have been there for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, that was some, that yeah. was some good mead. <laughs> so we're going to move on. Uh, we're not going to talk about mead right away. We're going to cover some brew news or some not so much brew news. We all know Bell's Brewing in Michigan, I believe. They make that trout one. Two head. Too hard. Too hard. Too hard. Yeah, there ale. it is. <laughs> I was close. Uh, they are announced that they are making Two Hearted Day, named after their popular American IPA, Two Hearted Ale. Uh, the day is August 15th in commemoration of their anniversary of when it was made or first introduced, at least. In 1997, I didn't realize the beer was that old. I didn't either. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I get it. If you live in Michigan and this is part of your history, like you grew up with this beer, it's whatever. We've talked about it before. I've had it on the podcast. It was like the most overhyped beer I've ever had in my entire life. And oh, I haven't definitely. had Plenty of the Elder yet. So my, my reservation's out, uh, you know. Plenty or, of the Elder um, is much better. Than oh, I, yeah. I'm, I'm sure. That. It, I mean, they're different, but... But you can still be like, hey, this is way better than this. Yeah, Especially pl- for like us better. who drink a lot. We would drink a wide variety of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just like, eh, why would, why would you make a day after this? And I don't know if it was the entire state of Michigan or it was just like a town or, you know, whatnot. But like, I'm like, this is kind of stupid. Well, <laughs> it's not that Robbie, good of beer. <laughs> it's Michigan. So like, what else do they have going for them? Everything. Michigan... They're Michigan shaped like a, a mitten. That's it's, all they have. What? What do they have? They're shaped like a mitten. That's all they got. <laughs> you mean the upper part? Yeah. The Upers? I, I don't know. The whole state's shaped like that, except for that little nugget Michigan? at the top. Yeah, I was going to say, there's two parts of Michigan. Yeah. Well, I'm not talking about the part that nobody knows about. I'm talking about the one that looks like a fucking glove. Oh, I thought they both looked like gloves. I don't, honestly don't remember. There's no. normal, there's land, there's the part of Michigan that's connected to the rest of the U.S., and then there's the Upers, which is more of... Um, Minnesota, the part of Michigan that nobody knows is a part of Michigan. They yeah, think it's Upers. just another state. Yeah, upper, no one gives peninsula. a shit about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have any listeners in Michigan. I, I like care. Michigan. I just don't like two hundred ale. You don't deserve yeah. your day. I'm sorry. All right. Well, let's yeah. give Michigan a, one W <laughs> okay. here. All right. Uh, I have another not so brew news. 
coming out from the fullpoint.com. Uh, Sierra Nevada is brewing a new beer called Dankful. Dankful IPA, and it benefits it? community and nonprofits. Uh, I'm all they, about it. I, oh, yeah, me too. Uh, Sierra Nevada announced plans to release Dankful IPA, a generously hoppy beer that will help the brewery raise funds for a variety of charitable works. The brewery has committed at least $1 million in donations to the program over the next year. It is a hoppy West Coast-style IPA at 7.4%, coming in at 55 IBUs. Um, and yeah, basically the whole thing goes to charity. That like, sounds fantastic. Yeah, like food programs during the COVID situation. It's going to go towards things like that, like people who, you know, lost their jobs or can't get a job due to the whole situation, yeah. feeding their kids. Sierra Nevada is awesome. They're I was best. just going to say, Sierra Nevada is fucking, because remember like last year when they had all those wildfires, like they yeah. put out a beer to like help support victims of that wildfire. Oh like, yeah, I bought some. We donated to it as a podcast. It was Yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah, they're doing great things. They've always been a very um, community service driven brewery. Always. I agree. And and I love that they are like one of the biggest like craft beer yeah. breweries. And the, they still. Next to Sam Adams, right? They're the biggest. Yeah, I was going to say next to Sam Adams, like, and that they use that platform for so much good. Oh, yeah. So much good. I mean, a lot like, of it benefits California, but I mean, this benefits everybody. Yeah, but I mean, like, didn't Sierra Nevada just opened another brewery in like Virginia North, or something? Uh, a no, couple it was of one years. of the Carolinas. North Carolina, maybe one of them. Yeah, I think my parents went to it. They have a friend they that did, lives yeah. around there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, I would assume that eventually, like, they'll start doing things for like that area. Like, I just appreciate when 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 companies like that use their platform for for so much good. Oh, like 100%. what is what's Boston beer? done has they have they done anything uh... um during the covid situation they've done the it was one of the restaurant charities that kind of helps people you know who are normally waiters and bartenders and things like that during the crisis who don't have a job anymore oh good i think that was part of their whole shtick which was really good yeah yeah definitely um they're gonna donate the funds well as of right now they've donated two hundred fifty thousand to the world central kitchen for COVID-19 oh, relief. It's a Chefs for America program, and it provides 25 million meals for families facing food insecurity during the COVID crisis. And all the revenue that comes from this beer goes goes to all of that. That's great. Yeah, and it comes out in uh, about mid-September. It's going to be, like, nationwide. So I'm definitely going to get get a pack of that. Yeah, we'll have to get some. We'll drink it it's on the show. Good. Oh, 100%. So now that we've gone over a little bit of brew news, some good and some bad, fuck you, Bell's Brewing, we're going to talk about mead. Mead. We've covered a lot of different beers. I mean, I think we've covered pretty much every main beer yeah. category. So I think far. we have. Brutes, lagers, IPAs, uh, I mean, wheat I, beers. I think, I think Scottish ales are the only one we haven't really gotten into. Yeah. I mean, we covered like ales we in did. general, but we haven't gotten into like specific the like, subcategories. Of yeah, beer. yeah. If you have a specific beer that you'd like to hear about, let us know. Like, message us on Instagram or Facebook, yeah. uh, anywhere. Just shoot us a DM. Yeah. But today, we've been wanting to do mead for a while, but I haven't been able to get a hold of any mead when I was in California. I couldn't find any. So, now that I'm back in New Hampshire. And right down the road from Ancient Fire. <laughs> pretty much. Take 10 minutes. Don't you locate yourself, Robbie. <laughs> we are going to talk about mead. For those of you that don't know, mead, or honey wine is an alcoholic drink created by fermenting honey with water and various fruits, spices, grains, or hops. 
The ABV ranges from about 3.5 to 18% and even above. The defining characteristic of mead is that the majority of the beverage's fermentable sugar is derived from honey. It may be still, carbonated, or naturally sparkling, dry, semi-sweet, or sweet. And I think I've had the whole variety. Yeah. Yeah, same. Like this mead, the mead that I'm having right now, I would definitely classify this as a drier mead. Mine's definitely sweeter. Sweeter, carbonated. Yeah, I, this one is carbonated, but it's not like heavily carbonated. Yeah, um, same here. It's more like a juice, like a like a flat sparkling juice. <laughs> like a flat sparkling juice. I mean, that sounds terrible because like this mead is good, in but the like definition of mead. <laughs> well, it's like it's like a it's got a little sparkle, but like naturally, it probably sparkling. had it had probably had more sparkle to it when I was when it was more fresher. sparkle. Yeah, it was <laughs> a little <sparklier>. more <laughs> Who doesn't like a little sparkle in their mead? Uh, people in the mm-hmm. south. So we're going to start off like we always do. I'm going to do the history, and Lauren is going to do how it's made. Now, how it's made is pretty simple this time. The history, on the other hand, uh, it's not complicated. It's just vast. Let's just say Woo-hoo! that. Finally, Robbie has more to talk about than oh, I do. Yay. <clears throat> so the history of mead goes back a long time and from a variety of countries. Pottery vessels dating from... 7,000 BC, discovered in northern China, have shown chemical signatures consistent with the presence of honey, rice, and organic compounds associated with fermentation of mead. In Europe, mead samples were found in ceramics from around 2800 to 1800 BCE. That's a long fucking time ago. That's some of the oldest stuff we've talked about. I think, uh, aren't aren't there claims, like, this is literally, like, the oldest alcohol? It's gotta be. Like, alcoholic beverage? Yeah. Honey was probably one of, like, the first naturally sweet things that they found yeah and what do what do humans do when we find things let's make alcohol out of it stick it in our mouths (laughs) Um, (laughs) well i was gonna i think i think that uh i heard like a like an assumption that like the first mead was really found like after like a rainstorm had happened and like it like fell into like honey i don't know so so we'll get into the some rain stuff here in a second it's just kind of funny that you said that so the earliest surviving description of mead is possibly the Soma, which is a ritual drink mentioned in the hymns of the Rig Veda, which is one of the sacred books of the historical Vedic region, um, which later became, or excuse me, Vedic religion, which later became Hinduism. There it so is. Northern India. This is like Northern India stretching into Pakistan. During the golden age of ancient Greece, mead was said to be the preferred drink. Aristotle discussed mead in his Meteorologica, which is his meteorological book. Uh, and elsewhere. Pliny the Elder, which we all know is a beer from, uh, uh, what's it, what's the brewery called? Uh, Russian River. Russian River. In California, we literally just talked about it, so that's kind of funny. <laughs> but that was a real person, for those of you that don't know. Uh, he He was a, what was he again? A botanist? No, he was, he was like a botanist. He was an author and a naturalist, I believe was the naturalist. naturalist. Yeah. Um, he called Mead Militus in his Naturalist Historia, which is a uh, book of nature i guess and differentiated white wine sweetened with honey or honey wine from mead so he actually had a, a split between the two interesting um the hispanic roman naturalist lucius oh my god you can do it colomella gave a recipe for mead in his book dire rustica in 60 ce so we're not even in like any we're modern- not even <laughs> close to our time right now no but i read that recipe and it it, that it calls for rainwater that's been like held over right here here 
So if you want to make some mead, here's a uh, 60 CE recipe for you. Take rainwater that has been kept for several years. Who ke- who take- keeps rainwater for several years? People who don't have fucking um, sinks, Robbie. They still had running water. Did they? Is this, is this Greece? Is this, wait, Rome? I have literally Rome no idea. the aqueducts. I don't know what year it was. Anyway, take rainwater that has been kept for several years and mix a sextarius, which is a Roman unit of measurement, roughly about 18.5 fluid ounces, of this rainwater with a Roman pound of honey, whatever that is. For a weaker mead, mix a sextarius of water with nine ounces of honey. The hole is exposed to the sun for 40 days, and then left on a shelf near the fire. If you have no rainwater, then boil spring water. <laughs> Why would you need rainwater? <laughs> it probably has to do with, like, the natural, like, yeast and stuff. Is there that's... natural yeast in rainwater? Well, if you leave it out in a barrel or something, it's going to yeasty, I would think. It's going to have some sort of natural yeast fall into it. I don't, I don't know enough about rainwater, I'll be honest. But, I mean... But then it says a replacement is just boil spring water. I don't know, Bobby. <laughs> God damn you, fucking Lucius Columella. Fuck you. Fuck you. Damn me, it. me or Lucius? Both of you. Yeah, no, not true. you. Just him. Uh, so that's a fun recipe if you want to try it out. If you have a sextarius of rainwater or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, I have one in my back <laughs> pocket. It's just there all the time. Mead is also referenced in early poems and other writings from the Welsh, Germanic, and Celtic peoples. It has mention in the Old English epic Beowulf. And if you don't know Beowulf, if you've never read Beowulf. I've never read Beowulf. You've never read Beowulf? No, I didn't take that English class in high school. Wasn't it just English? I feel like it was just English. (laughs) No, that was... I wasn't my English class. (laughs) Beowulf's a classic. Or watch the movie. The movie is also very good. What's it about? I don't even know what it is. You don't even know what Beowulf is about? No. No. Well, now I'm not going to spoil it. Watch the movie. Watch the movie. Where can I watch the movie? On the TV. All right. Move along. Uh, Where was I? It has mentioned the old English epic Beowulf, where the warriors would head to the mead halls to drink Drink mead. mead. You know. That sounds like my kind of place. Pretty much. Uh, Mead, or in old Irish, mid. M-I-D, was a popular drink in medieval Ireland as well, where beekeeping was brought around, brought around. There it is. Where beekeeping was brought around in the 5th century, traditionally attributed to Madamnock, an Irish saint and missionary who was known as a beekeeper and mead maker of the monastery gardens in Wales. So this guy is pretty cool. I didn't plan to include this in this, but I kind of just, you know, Wikipedia, click on the link. I love Wiki. This guy was awesome. Uh, like I said, he was a, a saint and a missionary. What was his name? Modemnock. I like that. Modemnock. It was said that Modemnock used to talk to the bees, and the bees would follow him where he went. So he would just have a swarm of bees wherever he would go. That bitch probably covered himself in pollen. That's awesome. He's cool. <laughs> yeah, he talks to bees. He was also like the florist of the monastery, too. They like <laughs> pushed him well, in the Well, that's corner. why the bees followed him, because he fucking was around all the flowers. No, it's because he sang sweet songs to them. <laughs> he whispered sweet nothings to the uh, bees. honey. Do, 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 do. <laughs> there is also a tale that when it was time for Madamnock to return to Ireland, the bees followed him to the ships. This was seen as a good omen by the people on, to, on the ship, so they let him bring the bees on board. And then back to Ireland. <laughs> oh 
My God. Isn't that Could awesome? you imagine just fucking walking around with a swarm of bees behind you? Nobody would ever come near you. That's like no. an introvert's dream. Oh, pretty much. <laughs> Apparently, when he got onto the ship, all the bees clamored to the mast of the ship, and that's where they stayed until they got to Ireland. Cool. Isn't that pretty cool? That's why I like. I had to include this guy. This guy's yeah, awesome. Yeah, I'm glad you included that. Yeah. <laughs> He's my new hero. Uh, so meat has a very long and varied history, depending on which culture you explore. I mean, there were sections i didn't even delve into more of the germanic type there's there's greek meads um i believe turkish as well hungarian i mean i'm sure it's fucking everywhere i was gonna say i'm i'm sure it's probably like beer where like every region kind of has its own like signature style yeah but it's it's even more vast than beer and um well it's older has a long yeah i was gonna say more of a tradition which is kind of sad because nowadays you can't find mead anywhere. Yeah, and like nobody knows about mead. They're like, hey, I've heard of it in like that one fantasy game that I've played. Yeah, or like it's a medieval thing. Like yeah. people don't drink mead. If you like honey, fucking just find get some, some fucking mead. Some. So I also have um, a fun fact about mead that kind of goes along with like your history of it. Okay. Um. So there's a bunch of different kinds of meads, which I'll get into like a bunch of varieties when when I do it. But there's one called um. And I'm going to pronounce everything wrong, so I apologize in advance. But I think it's called a methylid, methylogen, methylid, meth, methylene, meth, yeah, whatever, meth, it's got meth. Um, But this is a mead that's made with like different kinds of spices added to it. So like cinnamon or like anise or whatever. Um, Anise? But it's got, yeah, I always call it anise. Anise? It's anise? (laughs) Anise? I'm going to call it anise. Anise? Um, <laughs> um, but uh, this kind of mead was traditionally used in England for medicinal purposes. Methylogen, or however you say it, is Welsh for medicine. Oh, okay. Which is how it got its name. Okay, yeah. Yeah, there's a bunch of cool varieties. There was one I heard made with hazelnuts. Oh, interesting. I think it was Greek, and I was like, that sounds fucking... Like, hazelnut's kind of a savory... Not savory, but it's... Nutty. Yeah, it's nutty, but on this weird end of nutty. Yeah, it's it's a funky nut. Yeah, it's a funky nut. (laughs) I mean, if you've had Nutella, you've had hazelnut, but like. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the history of mead. Uh, Next up, Lauren is going to give us a short explanation on how mead is made and some of the varieties. But uh, first, here's a quick message from our sponsor. Are you like my lesbian podcast partner, Lauren, and stuck in a boring, sexless relationship? Wait, what? Luckily, there's a website for you. I'm boring? Adam and Eve is an online store where you get all the bedroom essentials to help spice up your relationship. Can we get back to this sexless thing? With an assortment of adult toys, lingerie, and sexy accessories, Adam and Eve has got you covered in the bedroom. Or in the kitchen. Or in the public library bathroom. Basically, anywhere you can have sex. The library? And even if you're not in a relationship, Adam and Eve has got your lonely ass covered as well. With an assortment of lubes, toys, and other pleasurable items, adamandeve.com will make you feel like you're not jerking off alone in your apartment ever again. So remember, if you're gay, straight, lesbian, bisexual, pansexual, pan-fried, or even deep-fried, Adam and Eve has got you covered in the bedroom. So head over to adamandeve.com and use our promo code brew 4 you and get 50% off almost any item in store. That's promo code brew 4 you the number four, at checkout and get 50% off almost any item. And when you do, you also get 10 free gifts courtesy of adamandeve.com, including six spicy movies and a three-piece bonus kit. It's like a three-piece chicken bucket, but, you know, better. Now get out there and do some consensual, you know, the kind where you stick your 
in their Then you get the Thousand Island dressing, you rub it all over your and you just jam it in their You know what I'm saying? Salad dressing? AdamandEve.com for all your needs. Cheers. And we are back from a word from our sponsor. Lauren, you got a new mead. Pretty sure. And it's an ancient fire, what I'm drinking right now. Motherfucking right I did, Robbie. Um, mine is not the same as yours, uh, although I have had the one that you had, and it's fucking delicious. Yeah. Um, I am drinking With Malice, uh, which is a mead with apple and ginger in it. And let me tell you, the ginger in this is just so prevalent. Um, I'm super excited that the the ginger is is way more recognizable than the apple, uh, and I can absolutely taste the honey in this as opposed to the last mead that I had, which was really just like raspberry juice. Um, it's delicious, and I love Ancient Fire. I'm v- I'm very hit or miss with ginger in anything. Sometimes it's way too much, and it's just a little overbearing. But I don't know. I've never tried it, so I think that you would like this ginger because it's not like taking a bite of like out of like a root of ginger but like i've never done that (laughs) really oh my god i like muddle ginger in my drinks all the time so good no you didn't say muddle some ginger in your drink you said take a bite out of a ginger root lauren i also would do that i literally love ginger so much no nuts next time we're together we have a root of ginger I'm gonna make I'll, go, I'll go get my, I'll go get a fucking ginger root out of my fridge right now and take a bite out of it. I don't give a shit. I love ginger. <laughs> I don't give God. a fuck. <laughs> um, this is also a seven percent. So nice. Yeah. So now it's Lauren's turn to tell us about how mead is made. It sounds like there's a lot of sitting involved. Um, let me tell you, if you want to make mead, you really need to practice your patience. Yes. <laughs> uh, mead is a lot of, uh, like, not doing anything except, like, mixing water and honey together. Your favorite thing. Basically. Basically, yeah. Um, so, like Robbie had stated before, mead is made of honey and water, but also yeast, because you need yeast to ferment. Fermentate? ferment things no you were good the first time all right thank you so like a basic mead recipe would be like one gallon of water to three pounds of honey and then about five grams of yeast so if you want to make some uh, mead there's your recipe right there Mm -hmm. there are essentially like two two stages of fermentation uh but before you can start fermenting it you mix the, the honey and the water and then you want your your yeast to like activate essentially so you you warm it up in like 100 degree water you cool it back down using your your must which is the what you call the mixture of of honey and and water and then you kind of dump it into that mixture and that's your basic mead setting it can take about 12 hours for the yeast to start fermentating um fermenting Whatever. Fermenting. <laughs> fermentating. <laughs> fermentating, fermenting. For the yeast to start eating the motherfucking sugars and the honey, it can take about 12 hours. You'll start to see it like bubbling and stuff. Sometimes the yeast can be a, a little bitch. So you can throw some extra like yeast nutrients in there, like kind of like a power power aid for your for your yeast. So in the in the primary fermentation, it can take about 60 days for that that primary fermentation to complete 
And granted, it can, it all depends on the yeast that you're using, the honey that you're using, like the ratios, the better quality yeast and honey that you use, the better quality product you're going to have, obviously. Your primary fermentation is over when the bubbles kind of start to slow down to between like 30 seconds per bubble and like three minutes per bubble, I guess is like the set time that people kind of use or you can just wait till it stops bubbling completely because that means that the the yeast is kind of eaten up all the sugar that it can and actually i'm gonna backpedal real quick and before well i forgot listen i don't make meat okay so i'm not sure of all the steps clearly shut up although after doing this i i looked up uh some mead making kits online so i might try and make some of my own mead but in order to to figure out what your ABV is going to be, you have to use um, a hydrometer in in your must. So it's like Hydrometer. This... Yeah, what'd I say? A hydrometer? Hydrometer. Jesus <laughs> I'm sweaty as hell. It's hot as shit in this room. Yeah, so you drop your hydrometer... Oh, fuck it. You drop that thing in, and, and you want it to hit a... Gra- which measures the gravity, which is going to tell you what, like, your, your... Your ABV is, right? What it will be. What it potentially yeah. could become. So, like, a gravity of, like, one... 0.09 is going to be like an 11.7% ABV or have the potential to be like that high of an alcohol content. So you do that as soon as you mix your, mix your must. You got it all fermenting now. And once your bubbling has either stopped completely or or is between that 30 second and three minute window, then you're going to rack your, your must, that first fermentation process. And racking it is essentially just like transferring like siphoning off the the mead that you now have because it's it has alcohol content now that it's mm-hmm. fermented. Um, you siphon that off and kind of leave the sediment at the bottom of the first container because uh, in this situation, Jordan would be correct and you don't want the flavor flakes. You don't want any of that gunk sitting at the bottom. You want it not to be kind of... Yeah, not for a mead. You want it to be more clear. Um, so once you rack... Your first mm-hmm. mead. Yep. And and you actually don't even like have to have a second fermentation process. Uh, essentially, like once that first fermentation process is over, like you have a basic mead. This it's alcohol. It's alcohol. It's alcoholic. It's it's fermented. The 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 yeasts have converted the sugars into alcohol. So uh, if you just want a basic mead, no carbonation, no anything, like just sweet, you're done. Good for you. Um, but in, in sort of the second fermentation process is where people at, start adding, uh, more ingredients. So like if you wanted spices or fruit, uh, I mean, you can do it in the primary fermentation, uh, but a lot of people like to do it in the second. It, it really depends on like what flavors you want brought out and whatnot. So once you've racked it and you've started your uh, second fermentation process, this is going to take another like three to four weeks at least. Because once you rack it, it kind of like stirs up uh, stirs up the yeast again. So it, it might start fermenting even more. This might cause like the mead to be drier because obviously it's like eating all of the sugar. Um, and a lot of mm-hmm. the yeast that you can buy have limitations. So like it will only produce up to like 14%. So if if you drop your hydrometer in into like your first uh must and and it reads like 11% like your 11% and you dump in like a 14 capped 
yeast, you're going to have a super dry mead. Like it's not going to be sweet because it's already eaten up all the sugar. So you can either add more honey when you're making your first must to counteract that that like 14% that that would be eating up. Or you can like back sweeten it on the second fermentation. So you add more. It's like beer. Yeah. It's like beer sometimes. You can do stuff on the back end. Yeah, exactly. Like that's kind of where you want to like be back sweetening it. You add maybe a cup more of honey or like you add your your fruit. And and granted, like there might be more fermentation. So it, it could get eaten up a little bit more. Your alcohol content could be higher. Mm-hmm. But there's also um, like chemicals that you can put into it that stop the fermentation process and a lot of a lot of brewer i don't know are mead people called brewers brewers just meters 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 they're meters um so like the the first mead that i had if you read the ingredients um it says potassium sorbate which is what stops the fermentation process like essentially like these little white tablets you crush up and like dump in and they kill the yeast and And you snort them yeah yeah and you could do that with them too but uh (laughs) Just like that, Robbie. Um, mm-hmm. But that's like brewers. Brewers will do that to 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 stop it because that's as high as they want their alcohol content to be. They don't want it to be higher, yeah. um, or they want it to stay that sweet or whatever. So, and that's basically it. You have your primary. <laughs> you have your primary fermentation, which is where you get your basic mead, and then you have your secondary fermentation, which is where you add whatever you want, fruit. Uh, spices, uh, beats the shit out of me, whatever the fuck else. But yeah, and then you're done. You just let it fucking sit. You put honey, water, yeast, sit. Done. That's it. It's very, which is kind of why it's the first first fermented beverage, pretty much. I mean, I'm sure there's some beers that are as old yeah. as mead and wine and things like that. But I mean, it's so simple. Anybody could do it. Uh, well, and granted, there's like a lot of science behind it, like the right ratios of things and like uh, adding yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's but... perfecting it, but you can just dump shit and dump shit and I'm sure you'll figure something out. Maybe it won't be great. Yeah, yeah. But you can do it. Yeah, exactly. You can make mead. Exactly. And there are so yeah. many mead recipes out there. Like I got oh, yeah. all of this information from watching YouTube videos. If you, it, yep. honestly, if you're looking for a good uh youtube video to watch about mead i highly highly recommend man-made mead three separate i think i've seen that exact one like a year ago yeah yeah he's been putting out videos for a couple of years like his yeah. content is really good um there was another one i watched called uh uh doing the most or something like that um but he does a lot of like home brewing like home mead fermenting uh, uh cooking like different pairings and stuff but mm-hmm. uh if you're looking for for guidance i suggest those youtube channels but i have a list here of all of the different types of meads that i will run through for you you already knew one that i mentioned earlier the meth one um you have your traditional which is just honey again i apologize for not being able to pronounce anything you have your acerglin which is maple syrup instead of honey Ooh. Which I I would really like to try. I think that I yeah, think you would too. That's for sure. Um, you have your melomel, melomel, whatever, which is using mm-hmm. fruit uh, or fruit flavoring. Um, you have your Caesar, Caesar. I don't know which is made using Kaiser, Kaiser, because they have one at Ancient Fire called Not Another Kaiser. Yes, okay, maybe. that makes a lot of sense. Kaiser, uh, which is made using apple juice instead of water. Yeah. So I could assume that that would be like more of a... It was an apple meat. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. 
you have your capsicumal, capsicumal, capsicumal. I don't know, but it's a mead with peppers added to it. I'm assuming that's like jalapeno peppers, not like green. Yeah, like capsaicin, chilies, and whatever. Um, You have your hydromel, which is mead under seven percent. So I guess that this, the one that I had before, would have been that. You have your braggot, which is a mead and beer mixture. Uh, It has to be a fifty-one percent honey to malt ratio, though, for it to be considered that. And you have a brochette which is a mead with honey that has been caramelized through like a heating process wait heating the honey i, I think so yeah like heating the mead and then adding it to i'm not sure that's the only description huh. i didn't look into it any further yeah yeah i've never even heard of that one i haven't either but i i would think that it would be uh kind of like a smokier like roastier flavor um, you can add things like like wood chips and stuff in here too to like give them like more of a t- coffee. Oh yeah, coffee. They have a coffee one at Ancient Fire. They have a cold brew coffee. Yeah, mead. yeah. I think I had that yeah. one or I had one similar to it. But yeah, you can basically put anything that you would put in beer in mead. Like oh yeah, I mean it's with anything you ferment. I'm sure you can just fucking just add it. Yeah, yeah. But you definitely want to yeah. use uh like you don't want to be using like the pond water outside. Like you need to be using like <laughs> bottled like distilled water. You know you don't want to have. If like, somebody's using shit. pond water to make mead, I don't think they're listening to a podcast <laughs> on a computer. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, like maybe don't use your kitchen sink water. Like go buy some like fucking filtered. They drink from the water. river, Lauren. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. They poop in a shack that's not attached to the Isn't house. That an outhouse yeah that's the joke lauren it's a <laughs> why wouldn't you just say they poop in an outhouse oh my god because <laughs> it's the phrasing you don't get it <laughs> no no but don't good lord uh, but that's a that's about all i have on the process of making mead because it's pretty fucking simple it's simple that's about all there is to it i mean the history is way more complicated and long but the process is very simple so if you're a kid below 21 years old Start making some mead in your mom's closet. It's perfectly easy to do. All you need is some honey, some water, and some yeast. I know my mom always has yeast in her fridge. So, like, if I ever wanted to make mead, I would. That sounds dirty when you yeah, say it. Yeah, I know. I said it and I was like, I don't, I need to, like, quickly move on from yeah. this so Robbie doesn't say no, anything. I caught and then it. you I absolutely. It. My mom's got yeast in her fridge. All right. All right, Robbie. Uh, before we go, we're going to rate our meads really quickly. I drank Cruising Elm, a Concord grape mead. From Ancient Fire in Manchester, New Hampshire, coming in at seven percent alcohol. It's amazing. I mean, if you like grape soda, if you like grape Kool-Aid, I mean, it's just the adult version of that. Yeah. I mean, four point seven five. It's so good. I could drink this all day. Oh, I I agree with that. I brought that one to my parents' house and had them try it, and I was upset that I shared it with them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um so my first mead was the Sap House Meadery Raspberry Jam Sesh draft mead uh came in at a hot 6.9 percent my favorite number it was good it really tastes more like raspberry juice i didn't really get a lot of honey um i would rate this one a three on the mead scale and then the second uh ancient fire with malice uh with ginger and apple i also have to rate a like a 4.25 like it's just so good you get the honey you get the ginger there's a little bit of that crisp apple taste in there agent fire knows what the fuck they're doing and they are delicious very good at the craft yes 100 percent. well that just about wraps it up for this episode you can find the brew interviews on our instagram account at the brew interviews account 
What? What? You can find the Brew Interviews on our Instagram account at the Brew Interviews or on Twitter at Brew Interviews. You can also send us an email at thebrewinterviews at gmail.com or on Facebook under the Brew Interviews. And if you feel so inclined, you can head over to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the Brew Interviews and become part of the Brew Interviews family just like these few people. Hillary, Mitch, Steph, Karen, Danny, Jess, and the Wreck My Podcast crew. Thank you very much for supporting the show. Also, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps us out. And be sure to check out our sponsor, adamandeve.com, and use our promo code brew for you, the number four, and get 50% off almost any item in the store. For the Brew Interviews, I'm Robbie. And I'm Lauren. Good night. Good night. This has been The Brew Interviews, a podcast about craft beers coast to coast with Lauren and Robbie. Lady Brian. Ugh. Let me tell you, I've never been so happy to eat pussy in my whole life. Oh, God. (laughs)